God is in this place. I have learned that no matter what you preach, the Spirit of the Lord is there to meet the needs of the people. That's why you can preach on the Holy Ghost and someone will get healed. Or you can preach on healing and someone will get the Holy Ghost. Because where the Spirit of God is, He is there to meet the needs of the people. And I really thought tonight I would like to work with faith and healing, but there have been some wonderful healings in this camp meeting. And if you're in need of healing tonight, God will heal you. But while I was praying today, the Lord totally changed my mind about what to leave you with. And so I want to read to you tonight from the book of Genesis, chapter 17, beginning at verse 10. I want to read just sketchily here for you for a moment. <laughs> Genesis chapter 17 and verse 10, God said to Moses, he said, this is my covenant. Everyone say business arrangement which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be circumcised. Verse 12 says, And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you every man-child in your generations. If you look at the end of verse 13, it says, And my covenant or my business arrangement shall be in your flesh for an everlasting business arrangement or covenant. 14 says, And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant or my business arrangement. If you look in the book of Colossians, chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. The final portion of Scripture is found in Genesis chapter 45 and verse 1. This, perhaps, is my favorite story in the entirety of the Old Testament story of Joseph. In this setting, Genesis 45 and verse 1, the Bible says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried 
caused every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he, Joseph, wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. I want to entitle this tonight, I'm on the pathway. Can you say that? I'm on the pathway. Lift your hands tonight, once again, your voices and your hearts, your very souls, and entreat, entice the Lord to come near to us. Lord Jesus, tonight, in the last service of this glorious camp meeting, where people's backs have been healed, where arms have been healed, where people have received the Holy Ghost, where backsliders have prayed through, where our souls have been lifted, once again, I'm asking now that you will walk into this place mightily with anointing that will rest upon us, both to hear and to speak. Oh, Master of the universe tonight, I am praying that you will anoint these lips of clay to speak once again as the oracle of the Lord. I praise you for what is building in this house. Bless us now as we open the word of God. I thank you for it. I praise you for it. What you are about to do, I give you thanks for thou art great and thou art greatly to be praised of your kingdom, Lord Jesus there shall never be an end. We have come to clap. We have come to shout. We have come to worship from the deep of our hearts tonight. Bless this wonderful people. Bless this district board. Every saint of God. Everyone here tonight within the sound of my voice. I give you praise, glory, and honor. I ask all of these things in the matchless resplendent all-powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. You may go down clapping. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, let's do it one more time with all of our heart. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. I have come to worship you. I have come to praise you. Give us insight tonight, understanding and revelation. I pray for it in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I am a Gentile. I was born a Gentile. That means I was not born in the natural of a Jewish mother's womb. I am a Gentile. Most of us here tonight, I'm quite sure, are Gentiles. We have converted into what is called the royal household of faith. As a Gentile and as a preacher, I have access to what are called commentaries. I can tell you that every UPC preacher I know at one time or another has resorted 
to these books called commentaries. Matthew Henry has a set. Clark has a set. Most men I know use Clark's commentary. At least I do. The commentaries are comments written by tremendous, tremendous scholars who knew the language, the ancient language, and they studied every verse in the Bible and made a comment on it to give further enlightenment, further understanding, further commentary on what that verse of Scripture might mean. And all of us at one time or another refer to these commentaries. We use them. We get sermon thoughts. It adds and puts meat uh, on the skeleton that we have here. Most preachers have a set of one or the other in his office. But I can tell you tonight that the Jews also have commentaries. But they are different than what we have access to. There is something called the Mishnah. There's also something called the Talmud. And there is also something called the Haftorah. The Haftorah is a commentary on the first five books of the Old Testament, which the Jews call the Torah, or we call, as Gentiles, the Pentateuch. But however you want to term it, these are comments or explanations about the scriptures as Jewish scholars saw them interpreted them and knew them, just like our clock's commentary, just like, like our Matthew Henry commentary. And I have some of these things in my personal library. But God, in his goodness to me, allowed to come into my hands a Jewish law book. I can tell you tonight, from having read that Jewish law book, if Gentiles practiced the ways of God as systematically and as consistently as the Jews do, we would not have the troubles among us that we have as Gentiles. Because you can go to a Baptist and ask him about the Holy Ghost and you'll get an entirely different story than if you ask a Pentecostal about the Holy Ghost. The same thing is true about some of the things in the scriptures. You can ask a Gentile his understanding of a scripture, but if you can go to a Jewish scholar who knows the original language, you will find out things that you never dreamed about. In fact, from time to time, I go to a Jewish synagogue or temple in my area just to li listen to the rabbis teach. They are profoundly intellectual. Some of them are geniuses. They are brilliant. And they come up with angles that I've never heard of before. And it enriches what I already know. Now, before I ever came into Pentecostalism, I knew a little something about the Bible. I went to Baptist Church when I was little, Evangelical Free Church when I was a teenager, early 20s. So I knew something about the Bible. And I knew about this business of circumcision. And I knew in the Old Testament that it was absolutely a necessity. In fact, it still is among the Orthodox Jews. And the Jews during church history especially through the Spanish Inquisition, absolutely were pulled apart on racks, skinned alive, and their flesh flayed from their bones because they refused 
this ancient rite practice of circumcision because they knew that this separated them from the world unto God. And they also knew that it was so vital to God that Moses, even though he had 40 years of expert training in the courts of Pharaoh and 40 years on the backside of the Midian desert, he was probably one of the most capable, one of the most qualified men in all of the earth at that time to do what God wanted done. But I can tell you something here tonight. God doesn't care how much schooling you've got, what your qualifications are, what your name is, or what you may have done in the past. You're either going to live it according to the rules of this book, or he will put a line through your name. He doesn't need you, and he doesn't need me. We're going to have to play this according to the rules of the book. Go ahead and clap for a moment, and let your voice out, because they're already is the beginning of the spirit of revelation in this house tonight. Thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because Moses failed to circumcise his son when his son was born, God sought him out to kill him. God didn't care about his qualifications, how many years he had been educated or how many years he had communed on the backside of the Midian Desert with God and nature and all the rest of it. God was going to kill him because he refused or, or neglected or overlooked, whatever the situation was, keeping the commandment of God. His wife stepped in and took a stone and performed the surgery on their son and she called her husband a bloody man. But she saved his life. That is how vital and how rigid the law of God was in the Old Testament. You either carried it out or you were dead under a pile of rocks. I would to God we had a little of that in our day. It would stop all the foolishness we have to go through. But stop it. We need a divine intervention by God. That's another message I'll preach that another day. Back to this one. I always knew there was something Something that the male child in Judaism had to do. But have you ever wondered if there was anything that the Jewish girl had to do? I used to wonder. Are the Jewish women covered by the obedience of the man at eight, eight days old being circumcised? Is the whole house of Israel covered by the grace of God because... Men, children are obedient to this command. Or is there something, was there something that the woman had to fulfill in ancient Judaism that also contributed to the royalty and the procedure of the royal house of faith of Abraham? I always wondered that. Were they just covered automatically? Was there nothing God required of them? And I wondered until this law book fell into my hands and one day I was reading from it and I discovered what I had always wanted to know. And here it is. It is true that the boys were circumcised at eight days of age. But for the girl, seemingly nothing happened or was required of her until... She reached the age of betrothal or engagement. And here is where it began. 
Now I could have taken the time tonight to read to you that all those Jews practiced in the Old Testament was type and shadow of something more perfect that was coming in the New Testament. It was all type and shadow. The feast days, the celebration, the Passover, everything was a type and shadow of something more perfect that was coming. And all of this was intricately entwined in their lifestyle, tradition, and the general format of living before God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When this young girl came to, we would call, be engaged to the bridegroom, it was at that point that she took his name. At that point, even though she was not married to him yet, she took his name and she had the power to use his name like the power of attorney even long before they came together as man and wife. At the engagement, his name became hers. And if anybody came on the scene, she could simply say, I am taken. And she could use that name to protect herself, to keep herself free from other suitors. She had the power of the attorney of the husband's name-to-be. She had it, and she could use it. That's why in the Old Testament, if an engaged person went out and got involved in fornication, it was considered adultery by God because they had broken the arrangement that already was so legal that the name was being used. Do you understand me here tonight? We shout and we worship about the marriage supper of the Lamb, but we are not there yet. And some of us have been trucking along in this for 50 years or more, but all the time from the day that we came to the place where we took on our engagement as it were to Him, we have used the power of the name of Jesus and we got it in water in a ceremony called baptism you understand what I'm saying do you have any inkling where I'm going I'm not married to him yet but I've got his name and I can use it I can use it against any suitor I can use it against the devil I can use it against the forces of hell I can use it against the forces of darkness and I can simply say devil I'm taken and there's nothing you can do about it there's nothing you can do about it because I've been to water I've been to water in the name of Jesus would you clap your hands and shout for just a moment What I'm saying is this, I belong to him. I already belong to him. You belong to him. We belong to him collectively here tonight. And the devil is in a stew over it. He would like to break this engagement. He would like to cause this thing to become adulterous. But there is something in the word of God that says, greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. And the Bible declares that there is no power likened to the power of the name of Jesus. Hell's foundations tremble when you quote or when you speak the name of Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. That's powerful. Do it again. Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You may be seated. So this young girl, she had in her possession now the power of the name of the bridegroom. And she began to walk through life feeling the protective canopy of the power of the name of her husband-to-be. But then, there came a point at which the actual wedding was to take place. And according to Jewish law, and here's where it happened, this young girl was to be taken to a bathhouse. And this bathhouse, when she arrived at the bathhouse, when she walked in, there were aged ladies in the camp or the community that assisted her. Because in this bathhouse, she had the disrobe and they washed her feet so that if there was any dirt that she picked up on the pathway or the road on the way to this bathhouse, the dirt was washed from her feet because she was about to be presented to the bridegroom. But it didn't stop there. The law said this, that when this Jewish bride-to-be came to the bathhouse, she was helped into what we would call a baptismal. And in this baptismal, there was a rigid law that said there could be no intervening particles between her and the water. In other words, she could have no clothes on that would be between her and the water. She could not have any soil underneath her fingernails because it was considered by the Jewish law an intervening particle. Neither could there be any soil underneath her toenails. Everything was cleaned and manicured about her. They immersed her underneath the surface of the water. The law said that when they immersed her, every part of her body had to go under the water and be covered by it. Her knees could not be bent because if they were, water would not touch the skin inside the fold. So the legs had to be loose. She could not clench her fist because there'd be water that would not touch the skin underneath the clenched fingers. She could not she could not squint her eyes because there would be skin within the depth of the wrinkle that would not be touched by the water. Neither could she keep her mouth clo tightly closed. Her lips had to be relaxed and open and her teeth had to be brushed. There could be no particles of food found between the teeth because it was considered an intervening particle. She had to be flawlessly spotless from soil and particles because she was about to be presented to the bridegroom. Her mouth was to be partially open so the water could touch the teeth. And her hair had to be combed down long. There could be no pins in it. 
No strings, no chains, no rope, nothing like that. Because she had to be flawlessly clean with no intervening particles. And when the aged women baptized her, they pushed her under the surface of the water, and as her long hair floated on the surface of the water, they pushed the hair under the water, took their hands off of it, and she came up. Now, I am a Pentecostal, have been for 28 years this October 6th, 28 years I've had the Holy Ghost. I want to say to you tonight, as a man, I feel as a man that we as men in Pentecostalism have failed our women, in that we have not helped them to understand the tremendous role that they are to play in the kingdom of God. We've been very legalistic about some things and very dogmatic, and I'm not saying that's all wrong, but I'm saying I think we have failed them. For example, I know that women think sometimes that men are just male chauvinists and dictatorial and all of this. And that we just demand and command and beat the pulpits and all of that. But if you ladies could only understand that God has raised you up to fulfill something for his kingdom that a man can never, never do. There are things that women can do that a man can never do for the kingdom of God. What I'm saying is that if you are a real Pentecostal lady, I didn't say woman, there's a difference between a woman and a lady, a vast difference. But if you are a real Pentecostal lady, you are a credit to the kingdom of God. You are a tribute to the royal household of faith. And here is why. We in Pentecostalism, apostolic Pentecostalism, Ask our ladies in our churches not to cut their hair. There is a reason for that. And the issue here is not long or short. The issue is uncut. The issue is not long or short. The issue is uncut. Uncut hair. Here's why. I don't totally understand this, but I know it's true. In Corinthians, there's a verse of scripture that says, For this cause of the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. In the margin it says, For this cause of the woman to have authority on her head because of the angels. When the angels fell because of disobedience, God arranged for a woman, for a lady, to restore something to the kingdom of God that would absolutely put the devil to flight and bring to the people of God a measure that cannot be there unless women do this for God himself. I don't understand this, but I know that it's true. For a woman who allows her hair to grow long and she does not cut it, 
there is some kind of angelic power that follows her, that abides in that home, that is also in that church. There is power in the home, and there is a power from God that rests upon a local congregation where women in that congregation do not cut their hair, not even trim it. I don't understand it totally, but I know after 28 years it is true because I have pastored and evangelized all over this world. You are never going to know, and I'm not going to know, until the rapture takes place, how many times something tragic was about to strike your home but because of the lady in that house who adhered to the Word of God, angels of God came and stopped it. You're never going to know how many times your car kept from colliding with another car because the angels of God and the authority upon your head stopped an accident, saved a husband's life. An angel stepped up and pulled a child out of the line of an oncoming car because of the ladies that are among us. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can tell you tonight that there is a tremendous power in a church where the women do not cut their hair. Sister Mangan said it best. She said a woman, speaking of this truth, can drag this to the lowest or she can lift it to the highest. And it's true. You women, you ladies here tonight, do not understand how much the men of the kingdom of God need you to help us to convert and to reach this world. For example, let me say this. I have preached in churches all over this country. I can tell you tonight, regrettably, with pathos in my voice and in my soul, that there are some UPC churches right now among us where they are beginning to allow the women to cut their hair. Some of these churches I have preached in for years. One of them I went to about a year ago. When I walked in, I could not tell who was lost, and I could not tell who was saved. And I can also tell you that though I preached as hard as I preach any place else, and pray just as hard as I pray every place else, it would not happen. And the altar services did not last more than five or ten minutes and they were out on their way to a restaurant to eat. What I'm saying is there was a surface inspiration. But as I've already told you in this meeting, there is a difference between inspiration and anointing. They are not the same at all because anointing comes from God himself. Anointing comes from God. It's not music. It's not drums. It's the breath of God. It's the Spirit of God that comes down from His very throne and rests upon the people of God. Now, go ahead and clap. Something marvelous is about to happen. 
Something marvelous is about to happen in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can tell you, I can tell you tonight that where it's really happening in Pentecost, where signs, wonders, and miracles are really happening among us is in the churches where they are holding the lines. In the other churches, you can go there, you can have an inspired service, and everybody can hop and flip around and run and shout and be happy, and men wear gold chains around their neck and rings in their ears and frumpy clothes and, and all kinds of stuff on the women. You can have what I call sloppy agape. But it is not power. It is not power. People are not being healed in those services. People are not being delivered in those services. Teenage kids are not staying out of sin in the families. Women and men are divorcing because the spirit of the world is in that place and the power has lifted and it is gone. And there are no miracles. It's just a surface situation. It's not the power of God. Because of that, I will never return and preach for those churches again. God forbid it would ever happen. But if I ever found out that in this district you let down on these things and you women were cutting your hair, I would never come here and preach another camp meeting. You know why? Because it won't work. It will not be the same. Something is missing. Something is gone. Something will depart from you. Something will leave your churches. Something will leave your homes. Something will leave your families. And you are prey to all the beasts of the field. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There are churches now in our organization that I will no longer preach in because they have lost it. The power is no longer there. And the only thing I'm interested in is the real thing. I'm not interested in anything else. I'm not interested in fads. I'm not interested in fashion. I'm not interested in trends. I'm not interested in the latest of the late. I'm not interested in all of that. The only thing I'm interested in is in a group of people like this where the power of God is, where a woman could come in the service last night whose arm was swollen and bandaged, and in the presence of the Lord, the Lord touched her arm, and she unwrapped the bandage and began to work her hand, and that same arm carried her baby out of here last night. Why? Because of the wonder-working power of a resurrected one whose name is Jesus of Nazareth. That's who we are. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. So what I am saying here tonight is this. 
It's not a legal issue. The issue is not a legal one. The issue is a power issue. It's whether or not you want the power. Whether or not you are willing to do whatever it is God wants done in order to have the power of God among us. It's whether or not you desire the real thing or you want some cheap substitute that will allow you to do whatever it is you want to do. Stand up just a moment, would you do that? You don't mind? This is power. This is power for the people of God. And only she can do it. I can't do it. Thank you. Don't you ever cut it. No matter what your friends do, no matter what anybody else does, don't you ever cut it. You hold on to it. You cherish it because it's your heritage. It's your beauty. It's your glory. And God has given it to you for a covering, for a covering of glory, which says yes. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I belong to that group of people who have come out and who have said, I will do the things of God. I will do the things of God. I will follow the things of the Lord. No matter what the other churches do, no matter what my brother does, no matter what my sister does, I will do the things of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. You may be seated. So tonight, men, I think, our ladies deserve a standing ovation. I think you men ought to stand and clap your hands for the contribution that our women make to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's all clap for the Lord for such a sublime privilege as living in this royal household of faith. We're not like the world anymore. We don't look like the world. We don't dress like the world. We don't act like them. We don't talk like them. We don't run to the same excessive riot. But we can come to the house of God. And we can shout in the presence and the power of Almighty God. And our children can be healed. And we can defy cancer. We can defy tuberculosis. Legs can grow. Eyes can see. Ears can hear. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, you may be seated, but do it again. There's something prophetic here tonight. There is a prophetic utterance in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah! Blessed be the name of the Lord forever. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 Angels desire to look into this thing that you and I have here tonight in this tabernacle. Angels are in this place in number because of a bunch of glorified mudballs who are adhering to the laws and to the decades of the Holy Word of God. That's who we are, a special people, a royal people we are, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people that will be called by the name that is above every name, at which name every knee shall bow in heaven and earth. That name is the most marvelous name that human lips have ever been privileged to utter. That name is above every name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You folks are the most wonderful people in the whole world. I do believe it. I sing your praises everywhere, whether they want to hear it or not, and do the chorus twice. I would to God they had this spirit everywhere. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful what I feel from my spirit and in my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is here tonight. The richness of his reality is here tonight. And in the presence of God like this, tumors can suddenly disappear from your body. Legs can suddenly grow. Deaf ears can suddenly hear. Eyes can suddenly see. Suddenly spines can be straightened because in the presence of the Lord, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen, anything can happen in the presence of God. Now, there are people being healed right now. Jesus in your name, complete it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. You may clap again. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
The presence of God, the breath of the Lord, the strength of Jesus for the grand, for the Aaron. God is with you in this place. And your people. Hallelujah. may be seated, <laughs> if you can. <laughs> I'm not sure you can. <laughs> but there's something else good I want to tell you. So, we have Jason drunk. <laughs> power folks they're doing that in discos and bars tonight thank God for young people who will do it in church thank God for young people who will do it in church for God because you're not ashamed and you're not inhibited and you're not apologetic it's wonderful 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 Wonderful. Hallelujah, <laughs> Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. try it again so now 
we have this young Jewish maiden baptized. She is lifted out of the water, dried and dressed. But here it is. She now walks out of this bathhouse and she has to walk on a pathway toward a banquet house that is at the end of the path. And what she knows is that the bridegroom has been placed somewhere on that pathway, hiding, watching her. And when she comes out of the bathhouse, she knows that the bridegroom is somewhere on the path, but she doesn't know where he is. And when she comes out of the bathhouse, she opens the door and she looks for him, but he's not visible. So she begins to walk. Her heart begins to pound. The excitement, the day she has waited for, is here. She's about to see him, and she doesn't know where. She takes two or three steps and stops. She doesn't hear anything, doesn't see any movement. So she walks on, and she keeps on walking. Somewhere, he is standing behind a tree along the path, or behind a boulder, and she, she walks, and she keeps looking for him. Friend of mine, there was a day when I stepped out of the bathhouse, and I am on the pathway. I am somewhere between the bathhouse and the banquet house. I don't know just where I am, but I'm somewhere, and I'm looking for him tonight. I looked for him this morning. I'm a few steps farther along, but I still don't see him, but I can feel his presence. He's on the pathway. I can feel the excitement. That's exactly where we are. We are somewhere between the bathhouse and the banquet house. That's exactly where we are. And oh, I want to see him. Oh, I want to see him. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We are somewhere tonight on the pathway, somewhere between the bathhouse and the banquet house. And suddenly, as she walks along, hold that, hold that. Hold that, hold that till later. Hold that till later. It's not time for that. Lift your hands and worship for a moment. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. She is walking along this pathway. And she senses that he is there. Suddenly, he steps out. And when he steps out, everything she hoped he would be, he is. And he doesn't just step out. He comes and reaches for her. 
And when he reaches for her and takes her in his grasp, they join arms together and now they walk the rest of the way together to the banquet house. You talk about the celebration and when they get to the banquet house, there are guards posted at this banquet house. And the guards open the doors of the house for them, and they enter in, and the doors are closed behind them, and no one is allowed to enter, and there is a banquet table spread. It is here that they know each other intimately, and they dine in the privacy and the presence of the joy of the bridegroom and the bride, and the fulfillment of all of the entire weight is consummated. And the Jewish law said that the people were required to sound her praises for seven days. They had to sound the praises of the bride for seven days. That's why I believe that all all that was type and shadow and when we get to heaven I believe that heaven is going to rejoice that angels are going to shout at our coronation at our wedding day friend of mine I don't care what you have to do don't you ever let go of this hang in here hang on to this keep on doing your thing for Jesus keep on living for him no matter what happens just keep on doing your thing for him Clap again for just a moment and worship the Lord. Hallelujah! 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 It is. Joseph was a type of Jesus in the Old Testament. For example, Joseph was loved of the Father. Jesus was loved of the Father. Joseph received gifts from the Father. A coat of many colors was one of them. Jesus received the Spirit without measure. Gifts were given unto him. And I can go on and on and on. But Joseph was a type of the Jesus that was to come. Joseph was sold into slavery. We sold Jesus into slavery. But there came a day, and there always does, there came a day when there was famine in the land of Canaan. And the brethren of Joseph were hard-pressed to survive. But they heard a rumor that there was corn in Egypt. And so the father said, go into Egypt and buy corn. And when the brethren of Joseph came to Egypt, when they walked in before Joseph, they did not recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognized them. And when I first came to a Pentecostal service, when you first came to a Pentecostal service, when I walked in, I did not recognize him but he knew who I was 
and I can tell you I was starving to death at the gates of the city where I lived. There was nothing that would feed my soul. Nothing satisfied my soul. But among you, as strange as you looked, as different as you were, as different as the culture and the customs and all that my eyes could behold, yet there was something there that began to feed my soul and I could feel a strength come into me. But Jesus did exactly to me what Joseph did to his brethren. Joseph gave them just enough. But not enough to keep them forever. And when they took it home and consumed it, they were hungry again and they were forced to come back to Egypt again and Jesus deals with us exactly like that when you first come to him he refrains from allowing many of us to know him immediately he'll give you just enough to get you back and when those brethren of Joseph came back again and they walked in Joseph recognized them and he was so overcome with seeing them that the Bible says he had to leave their presence. He went out secretly and he wept and he washed his face, Brother Aaron, and he got himself together and he came in back among them and he conducted business. Jesus does exactly the same thing with us. There's something in my heart tonight that can feel something that is a revelation to me and I trust God to transmit it to you. They left again, but it wasn't enough. They had to come back again. And this time when they came back, without laboring the point, belaboring the point, Joseph looked at them, and he could not handle it. He couldn't handle it. He got the weeping, and so he left them, and he went out into a chamber. He wept twice. He did this twice. And he sobbed and wept because he wanted so much to know them. He wanted so much to touch them. He wanted so much, Jason, to tell them exactly who he was. But he couldn't. But he ordered the, the servants. He said, prepare a banquet. Prepare a banquet. He said, spread the table. Spread it. And so they prepared a huge banquet. And Joseph sat down to eat with them. And as he sat down to eat with them, they hit him again. And he could not refrain himself from them. He sobbed. He burst out weeping. And he stood to his feet. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother. He took off the miter. I'm sure he did. He worked with his face until they could recognize him. There is something in the spirit world tonight that Jesus can hardly wait to get his hands on us. We're on the pathway. We're on the pathway. And Jesus is watching us closer than he's ever watched us before. And I am persuaded in my own spiritual life and contact with God that Jesus sometimes wants to do things for us so much that he weeps as it were, desiring desperately to reach us, to touch us. There are some of you here tonight, he would like to reach down and scoop you right up out of here because he loves you just that much, but he can't do it. But I can promise you tonight, we are so near to the banquet. We are so near to the point. We are so near to the point that we are almost at the point where Jesus is about to say, 
I can't handle this any longer. I can't refrain myself from the church any longer. The church is the apple of my eye. I've got to go get them. I've got to go get them. Gabriel, bring that silver trumpet! And Gabriel is going to bring that silver trumpet. And he's going to place one foot upon the battlements of glory and one foot upon the vast expanse of space. He's going to lift that trumpet to his lips and he's going to give a peal that will wake the nations because it is written, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and so so shall we ever be with the Lord. But that's not the end of the story. You can stand or you can be seated. I believe with all of my heart because Joseph was a true type and shadow of Jesus Christ that when Jesus gets us inside the pearly gates, when he gets us in the holy city and we find our chair where our name is written down, Jesus is going to say to all the host of heaven, just like what Joseph said to the host of the house of Pharaoh, he's going to say, angels, get out of here. I want all of you out of the holy city. I want you all out. I want you to stand at the gates. I want you to guard the gates. But no angel's going to be in here. And Jesus is going to stand before all of us. And he's going to open his robes and his hands to us. And he's going to say, I am Jesus, your brother. Not your king, not your sovereign, but I am your brother. I'm not going to be a servant over there. I'm not going to be a slave. He's going to be my brother. It is written, heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I shall be like him, for I shall see him as he is. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph, for the Lord is great among his people in this house. Tonight. Hallelujah. I'm on the pathway. I'm on the pathway. I've never been so excited in all the years I've lived in this. Somewhere on this pathway, he's about to step out. And when he does, this boy is gone. I am gone. I am gone. When he steps out, I shall be gone. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I shall rise to meet him. Yes, it's worth shouting about. Yes, it's worth crying about. Yes, it's worth weeping about, Brother Aaron. Yes, it's worth jumping up and down about. Yes, it's worth singing. It's worth shouting about. It's worth lifting my hands. It's worth getting drunk on the Spirit just to know that I'm on a pathway. I'm not lost anymore. I'm on a pathway. I'm about to see Him.
tremendous power in this place. Tremendous power. Jesus. 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 The Spirit of the Lord is suddenly present in this house to heal. The Spirit of the Lord is suddenly present to deliver tonight in this place. Power is all around us because of the angels that have come into this sanctuary tonight. If you will lift your hands again, if you will clap your hands one more time, if you will let your voice out, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. this tonight if there is anybody here tonight no matter how few or how many if there is something in your body tonight that you have need of a miraculous healing in your body if you will throw both of your hands into the air and begin to worship him in this house of power where women of God where ladies of God have afforded us now this divine providential position healing 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 is in this house for everybody that is in need of a miracle. I don't care what your doctor said. I don't care what anybody said. This Jesus is here tonight. There's healing, healing in your body tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just as easily as you feel him. Just as easily as you feel him. The healer is in the house. He's in your soul. Sister Snow, just worship the Lord one more time. Just worship him one more time. In the wonderful name of Jesus. I believe it. 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 Hallelujah. Can you feel? Can you feel the healing virtue of God? Can you feel the healing virtue of God? Can you feel in this place tonight the healing virtue of God coming down upon your body? He's touching you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not going to leave here with it. It's going to be all right when you walk out of these doors tonight. I come to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's it. 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 If you 
raise your hands right there. If you'll raise your hands right there, it's there. You've got it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The healer is in the house. You want to touch him while he's passing by. Just as easily as you feel him. The same spirit that causes you to shake and tremble is the same spirit that causes cancer to vanish. It causes tumors to disappear. It causes legs to grow. I can feel it. It's in the house. He has come for you tonight. And the Holy Ghost is here. And people are beginning to receive it. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lift your hands again and just worship them. I want something to happen. I want something to happen to the ministry that is in this area. I want something to happen to all of our preachers. Would you tonight just reach over to the person next to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're never going to be the same. Just never going to be the same. There's revival in your midst. Revival. There are signs and wonders and miracles and the strength of God to come to you. The strength of God to come to you. The strength of God to come to you in the name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. Another touch. A second touch. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 There's a mother right there in that orange dress. The healing virtue of God is upon her. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's it, Brother Rogers. That's it, Brother Rogers. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. 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 That's it. 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 In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Yes, 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 yes. If the musicians will come tonight, the ministry of the Spirit is in this house. The ministry of the Spirit is in this house. I don't have to come to you. I don't have to touch you. He's already on you. Just respond to him. Respond to him. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You can dance in the presence of the Lord and rejoice in Him tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 